Yeah, where's it coming from? Let's find out. and welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher, and with me are... Kendra Maurer. And Morgana. Tonight, we have a special guest with us. Her name is Alex. I've personally known her since she was five, I think. Yeah. So, and I've always kind of known she was an experiencer, so I asked her to come along with us on this journey. So, Alex, would you like to tell us a little about yourself? Um... I just turned 30. I'm I've been in touch with the the spiritual, the other, the whatever you want to call it since probably for as long as I can remember with very very few instances or spans of time where there wasn't something going on like around me or that I was aware of. I guess is a good way to put it. Um I know we shared at least one haunted house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, there, we, we did. There was a house in Columbus that we lived in that occasionally just decided we didn't belong there and you'd feel physically shoved. It was the strangest thing. I, I remember not being particularly fond of the basement. Oh yeah, the place was awful. I it was the door was I think it was in the dining room. If I remembering it right Mm -hmm. the door was in the dining room and I never liked being in the dining room because that's where the door to the basement was so I would Mm -hmm. stay clear of it as much as possible I'd be in the living room or upstairs or in the kitchen but never the dining room if I could help it because I think it wigged me out yeah I think the only place I felt comfortable in that house was the attic which is I often lived in attics. It was kind of my thing, but yeah, that that was that was that was something else. And I, I almost wanted to like, I mean, the woman that my dad was married to at the time was also not the most um, she hmm. wasn't as she would draw to things to her. Yeah, I that think. were not good. Yeah. Things. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It just built on top of. She, she has a very chaotic way about her when it comes to this stuff. So I think sometimes she would bring it in, just kind of stir the pot a little. Which is so, not great. <laughs> didn't always yield the best result. <clears throat> so question. Um, what is what is your favorite experience that you ever had? Oh God. My favorite experience I've ever had. Oh. Sorry. No, it's just, there's, <laughs> there's a lot so of many. a lot of experiences that I've had that have been so cool. Um 
I've had like, I remember one of the earlier ones that was like really empowering was the first time I did a tarot card reading without having to like consult any uh, books or anything like that. And I got everything. The person who was sitting across from me was like clutching their pearls and going, what the fuck? Oh, how did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> They're just kind of like, excuse me, how? Yeah. And another one, uh, I think my favorite more recent one is at Penzik, I think six years ago, seven years ago, um, which is a big event that uh, we're in the SCA we go to. Um, one of the big events in uh, Pennsylvania. Um, my friends and I were walking down by the lake and it was, I think, uh, a blue moon. So there had been two blue moons in July or two, two full moons in July. And um, Kaylee's had like half a beer, so she's completely gone. <laughs> and loud. She, she's some yeah. Um, I've had like a beer, so I'm pleasantly warm. Tonks ate and had like two beers and is feeling nothing because mm -hmm. that's just the kind of person Tonks is. And we're just walking, we're down by the lake. We've made the, the circuit of the bog and everything. And we just stopped and looked up because wow, that's a really pretty full moon. Mm-hmm. And this lady kind of walks up to us and she just kind of stands with us. And as people are wont to do at SCA events, this is not unusual. Yeah. She's wearing, you know, a, a belt of coins and a black skirt and a black hood and with the flowy sleeves and everything. Mm -hmm. And she just describes for us how it's like the valley and the moon and it was really cool and then we started to walk off after we enjoyed that moment with her and Tongs had forgotten their shoes and turned around to go get their shoes and this woman was gone now Kaylee was drunk enough not to have noticed someone walking off with a belt full of coins but the rest of us were sober enough that we would have noticed. And the point, like, where the peninsula goes out into the lake, there's enough straight road. Oh, yeah, yeah. That you would see a person yeah. having walked in a direction. Oh, yeah. And it was just one of those moments of, okay, I think we found Avalon or Avalon found <laughs> us. And I'm I'm going to walk up the hill real fast now and just go home <laughs> and go to go sleep. Home now. <laughs> I'm going to go home and sleep and tuck Kaylee into bed, make sure she doesn't roll down the hill. Yeah, that, that's a good one. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that, that the was... outfit isn't that unusual for Panzik. For those who don't know, it's a, it's a medieval recreation event. So it's no. not that that odd, but no. disappearing I mean, ladies. I was wearing something very similar. Yeah, but but ladies, they, they just shouldn't disappear. It, it's a thing. It's, yeah. We prefer they should to not around. just silently just... <laughs> Vanish into the mist. Yeah, that, that's not, yeah. That's not cool. 
But she she looked and sounded physical. Yeah, Obviously. she 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 tapped me on the shoulder. Like <laughs> it was just so strange. That's and it's really not cool. It's not that I haven't seen ghosts on site before. I mean, the hill where we camp is so haunted. But, I mean, you literally can't take a step without running into a ghost on the hill. Yeah. But it was just so strange to see something that didn't feel like someone that was dead. Yeah, because it it's, it's there's a very different. It it's so hard to explain to someone who maybe has never experienced it, but there is a very, very big difference between someone who used to be alive, yeah, and someone who is simply not human, yeah, making mm-hmm. contact with you. So she did not feel human; she felt other. that makes sense to me Mm -hmm. um but i'm a weirdo so (laughs) your name's morgana already i know Hmm. maybe that's what your name means weirdo (laughs) Hmm. it's 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 weirdo in welsh that's what it is (laughs) yeah yeah i think that's Hmm. So ghosts and mysterious otherworldly ladies and yes. anything else awesome. So so many other things. <laughs> uh, the house that creaked that was built in 1765 that we moved into when I was seven. I never actually saw anything there, but it just it almost felt like the house never stopped moving, which is very strange because it was a solidly built house. It had been very well maintained. It had been split up into apartments in the ensuing years, but it, it was a very, it almost felt like you were at sea a bit. Oh, that's interesting. When you were, when you were walking in the halls, at least when I was walking in the halls, it felt and, like, I don't know if anyone else ever experienced that or if it was just. How do you know anything about the builder of the house, home builder or anything like that? No. And I never did find out because we when we lived there, it wasn't something I really thought about. It was okay. just, OK, sometimes my house feels like it's swaying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how where were you? Hmm? How old were you? Um, from ages seven to about 14. Okay. So, yeah, it just, there were some times you'd wake up and it w- it had a lot of um, older furnishings too. Like our bathtub was an old enamel uh, clawfoot iron bathtub. Those were great. I, love I loved those. that thing. The only downside was that there was there were no shower fittings. So right. um, yeah. as I continued to grow taller, it, the tub seemed to shrink. Yes, and eventually I remember it was just me swim. Like as a, yeah, when you're, a little when kid. you're like seven, 
It's fine. When you're 14 and your knees up in your chest and you're trying to figure out how to wash your hair, it's kind of like, hmm. And how to yeah. deal with this new body. It's like, what is happening? I don't <laughs> like this. <laughs> Did you get the prohibition of bathing during thunderstorms since it was an old iron one? Yes, and I think that's <laughs> followed me a little bit. Because <laughs> even now I have to remind myself, you shower is made of plastic. I know somebody who was struck by lightning in their basement. So laugh as much as you want. He woke up on the stairwell. Because it went, it hit the ground near his water. Dude, I I was so. raised not to shower during yeah. thunderstorms or to be on the phone too long. Yep, it's less yep. of an issue now that we have cell phones. But yeah, you could you could really yeah, get a pop in the I had the, that. Yeah, I had that, and I mean, I will say, well, when I was younger, we had a lot of scarier stuff, mm-hmm. like like uh, my grandparents' house that we moved that we lived in when I was really really little. Um, cause my parents got divorced when I was three and there was, I didn't like being upstairs at all. I hated being upstairs cause there was this weird stain in my grandparents' bedroom on the oh ceiling. God. And I don't like looking back at it now, it was probably a water stain or it might've looked like a water stain to them. But at three years old, I was convinced it was blood. I had no idea what that meant, but yeah. I remember thinking in my head, that's a blood stain. Yeah. Telltale heart. Nope. I had no, <laughs> I had no idea what it meant. And I would see this man in this suit and the closest thing I can think of because I thought about it. Do you guys ever see phantasm? Yeah. The, the horror movie from the eighties. Yep. He looked kind of like the tall man. Oh, that's not good. Like that's, that's totally not good. That's like that's kind of what he looked like. Yeah, that's mm, yeah. And I hated no. it. I'll put that the, one on my list. And the only it's, it's actually a terrible movie, but oh yeah, it's like not a good it. movie. I, I don't know how I missed it because I was never attended as a kid and we had HBO. So I watched everything <laughs> I should watch. Like right? Entity sticks in my head to this day. Well, that, the entity is scary. Yeah. Well, it's like if you ever watch the second Hellraiser movie, I can't watch the first one anymore because it's a little too graphic. My mind goes in, yeah. in bad places with it. But the second one has some interesting psychological imagery. That's kind of what Phantasm does. It okay, takes okay. you down the wandering weirdness of ooh, death and after death and blah. <laughs> like, I guess people who don't talk to ghosts have to wonder about that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> The only other ghost that was, and he was the reason I didn't want to be upstairs. There was another ghost in that house and it was my great grandmother, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, I, I actually didn't know it was my great grandmother until my aunt Cindy passed away um, two years ago. Cause my mom and I got kind of drunk and we were talking about it. We were talking about like people dying and, um, all this stuff and I talked to her about the ghost that was at 
Grammy and Grampy's house when I was really, really little. And uh, I described the woman to her and like how her hair was permed and she had these big bug eye glasses and beads <laughs> that, you know, kept her glasses on and the sweater she was wearing. She looks at me and she goes, that was your grandmother, Cora. Nice. <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, cool. <laughs> she was there. <laughs> nice. Were you scared of her when you were a kid? No, not at all. She was very calming. She was a chill old lady. That's as so far cool. as as far as I could tell, at least. Like I know now some of the history of her life that was probably not great, but as one of her great grandchildren, I don't think I would have had anything to fear from her. Probably not. That's well, really I, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Historically, I mean, her family lost everything in the stock market crash in 1929. Jesus. She, uh, we actually have, um, we have a copy of her debutante coming out into society. We have the newspaper clipping of it. That's awesome. Yeah. It is. It's really neat. (laughs) But, like, that's the kind of family that she was from right i don't know it was just she was she always felt very very safe to me that's fantastic yeah and that's great that that's an early experience because that kind of sets you up for how you're going to experience that for the rest of your life yeah yeah if it was just the suit guy you know that would have been bad (laughs) he was creepy I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know if he was the guy the blood belonged to. I don't know if he's the guy who they put the blood there. There. I don't know. I just I don't I do not understand. And I've never I've never asked I've I've never done any research about it. Like sometimes you don't want to know. Yeah, that's generally my feeling. Like it, it was so long ago and it hasn't really affected me that I just I'm I'm good. Yeah. It's like Kendra okay. says. Yeah. For whatever reason I have a strong sense of no. Mm-hmm. And cases like that for whatever reason my bar- my brain is just like no. You don't need that. I'm Sometimes good. and then I'll revisit it later. Like now I'm looking back at the stuff when I was a kid and I'm like why didn't I? I could have how many years of like researching, of reading yeah. about this stuff. I just it was I. I don't know. I I think it's a self preservation kind of instinct that we, yeah. as as people who can experience stuff and like feel stuff, there has to be kind of a self preservation instinct of yes, you can look at it, but don't touch it. Yeah. Once you make eye contact, then it's your problem. It's your responsibility, exactly. And yeah, I think to an extent, like the more you mess with it, Mm -hmm. the more either it sees you. Because like some of it is the more you mess with it, the more you're going to see because you learn how to see better. And Mm -hmm. you also doing things attracts other things. 
And then I think you hit a certain point and it's almost like you are lit up like a beacon. And stuff is just like, ah. Look at that. Let's have, see what that is. I have friends that are like that naturally who don't do anything and they're still just like, yeah. And sparkly I, light. I'm one of those people. I think I think half of our family is. Um, yeah, probably. Or at least a reasonable chunk of us. And like that's uh, it made it very hard to be a witch. I went through like a teenage witch phase and then very quickly I was like, Nope! <laughs> like put it down. I think we we a lot of us go through like a teenage magic phase. Right. And then some of us learn that, oh, we don't need to do a teenage magic phase. We just are yeah. magic. Yeah. And yes, you can work with deities and you can have structure to your work, but you don't need that structure. My problem is always walking into metaphysical shops and people are like, oh, I see that you want to learn about stuff and you're touching that candle and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just sitting there going, girl, don't even. <laughs> I've been reading tarot cards longer than you knew how to pronounce it without the T at the end. K-Rot. For one. Two, your words suck. Three, that's not chamomile and your devil's shoelace is expired. <laughs> Go away. Yeah. I'm here yeah. for some rose quartz and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I, you know <laughs> I I used to have a metaphysical bookstore and I really never liked to come across that way to people walking in. No. I, I I just sat there and read my book and looked up, <laughs> tried not to make eye contact unless I had to, because mm -hmm. you never know what's walking in the door. And I would say, hey, nice to see you. How's it going? Beautiful day outside. Oh, look, it's raining again. It's Ohio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, can I help you with anything? You're just looking? Cool. I'm going to go back to reading my book. You know, and, mm -hmm. you know, try not to get all up in people's faces. I hate that. Yeah. I, I just, I never liked that kind of uh, customer service in that yeah, sort of version of Alex as a customer. You were like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to leave everybody alone. I want to be left alone. I'll sell you the Rhodes Courts. Bridges. Mm -hmm. Well, I always knew somebody was going to ask me some question. There was always oh, the question. If somebody, if somebody wants something or if they need help with something, they will ask you. Exactly. Exactly. That's Especially not, in that setting. Yeah. Especially. My, my, hmm, I think another problem for me is like, I think this comes from having grown up in the Bible Belt. Uh, uh, for a great deal of my life and childhood is people being like, isn't it Satan worship? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, you puritanical 
child. Mm-hmm. I did not sign my name in the devil's book. And no, Goody Proctor didn't see me do it. Oh, <laughs> uh, there was I'm li- there, there was. I'm listening one. to Aaron Mankey's uh, "Unobscured" again, so like I have all of the Salem witch trial stuff right here. <laughs> I just watched a thing with it about the Salem witch trial with my younger kid and. Oh, Unobscured yeah. is really good. It's got a lot of excellent information. It's really good. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah. Did you sign the devil's book? I love that one. But <laughs> yes, yes. Especially like right after in high school, I started reading tarot when I was in high school, and of course, like sophomore year is when we do the crucible. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started reading tarot. Mm-hmm. And I I have my um my writer weight deck and I would take out my book when we were doing, you know, an assigned assigned reading. And I'd already read The Crucible because we had to do it before I transferred schools into a mm-hmm. different district. So I'm just like reading my tarot book and my English teacher thought that was hilarious and I didn't get why (laughs) she thought that was so funny see I had a Latin teacher that uh, found out I read tarot cards and for Latin club to make money to go to Italy which I didn't even get to go to because my mom sucked and wouldn't let me go because I don't know Italy's I don't know scary or something um, all the she, Romans are like dead. She's not there anymore. No, like no. It was she was afraid for me to fly across the ocean. Is what it was. I guess she she reckoned that the plane would go down as soon as I was over water, and that would be the end of that. But my Latin teacher found out I read tarot cards, and she set me up as the the Sybil, and I that was my first paying tarot gig which didn't pay me anything i gave all the money to latin club but i scared the pants off of some poor kid by <laughs> reading the throw and reading it very very accurately and that poor child and the one good part of it was i picked up that his dad was abusive was physically abusive with him oh. and my my i i just beckoned my latin teacher over and had her sit down next to me, so she overheard. Mm-hmm. So she had to report it. Um, so that was that was cool, but not cool. And that kid would never come near me after that. I yeah, that that happened yeah. a lot. I think yeah. it was a bit forgiven because I was a theater kid. Oh yeah, theater kids. And theater yeah, kids. A lot. Not only are theater kids weird, but theater kids also just seem to know stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are a lot of experiencers and like, I'm going to, I'm going to put quotations around it, but I don't really know what else to call it. But psychics for lack of a better word tend to gravitate towards the arts. Yes. Because we, I guess we vibrate. uh, If we're, if we're going to speak scientifically, we tend to, I think resonate quite literally Mm -hmm. at an atomic level very similarly or at mm-hmm. least in a similar chord 
Um, so like, we don't vibe with math. No, no we, but we I did have, art. <laughs> we do. I had a friend explain quantum physics to me using a grand piano once. That makes That's sense. Cool. That makes more sense. I, I have, we have a physicist friend who's part of the podcast and I, he keeps saying he can teach me math and I keep going, no, no, you think it's you can. Music. It's music. It works better with music. I can grasp it. theory. I just don't think I can do calculation. <laughs> yeah. For me, I have to be baking to do math. Yes. Cooking math. Easy. Geometry, even easy, because you get cool shapes. You get cool you get shapes, and they exist, and yeah. you can view it in your head, and you can draw it, and you can go okay. And then you it's... can make the three D printer make it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have a three D printer. I have a friend who does, and I same have gotten to see them work, and it's super cool. Um. Um. It's also nice to hear that somebody else was the witch in the in the middle and high school. Um, oh, for sure. Everybody else scared other people with tarot card readings as children. Uh, I scared people <laughs> with tarot cards. I learned how to be invisible in middle school because I hang out. I hung out with the kids who liked like like anime and Yu Gi Oh cards and Pokemon and played video games. And after a while of being ridiculed and literally chased down hallways and like having things thrown at me. I just learned that it was much better to go unseen. Yes. And so I learned how to be very quiet and unseen. This led to a series of very hilarious things. Um, I used to wear my keys on a carabiner attached to one of my uh, belt loops. And I one day ended up sneaking up on one of my theater friends in the middle of an empty hallway, 20 minutes after school had let out with my keys jingling loudly at my hip. And I walked up right next to him and went, hey, Patrick. And he jumped about a foot in the air, turned around and went, oh, my God, where did you come from? Nice. That is cool. I love so those Jedi cool. mind tricks. I didn't even realize until that point, I didn't even realize I was doing it. See, I've tried to do that, but you might as I might as well flash a neon sign that says, I'm hiding. Everybody's like, "Oh, look, there's Kendra." I'm like, Come it's, on. Well, it's like it's like it's like Jaka and Keegan going down the hill, going sneaky, sneaky, <laughs> sneaky, and actually being able to get away with stuff. Yeah. And then if you were to join their party, it would be like, It'd "What be are you doing?" Yeah. Exactly. I think it's because your your spirit animal is just coyote, and with your yours is Wiley coyote. Mm-hmm. Like every, but that also you gives do. you that also but gives you, can you just endless back hole, black hole to just yeah. pull things out of. You you have the endless black hole, and you can <laughs> run on air and don't look down. Yeah, and don't look fine. That's yeah, why we're not sneaky. That's why we survived the redneck tree because you're wily coyote. You, that's why you could just swerve at the last minute. That's you bend true. physics. Who was driving when it was you and Warren? 
was Warren driving? See? See? You're right. Yeah, we almost died. That was terrifying. If you hadn't been driving, we would have died, I suspect. Yeah. That that tree has a bloodthirst. It does. So, I don't know how much we've talked about it on on the uh, podcast, but to tell Phil Alex in, there's this place when you go towards, I think we're going towards Peach Ridge. We're looking for Peach Ridge Cemetery. Yeah. Okay. In Athens, and you go up over this hill, and then it it like peaks, and then it comes down. And right as you crest it, the road within a few feet takes a hard curve, but it's not really right. marked in any way that you could see it coming up to it. And there's this big tree that is just big. It looks like <laughs> a gallows tree. It, 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 it's yeah, it's a terrifying tree, and it and has all of a sudden. It has a hole in the middle of it that looks like a mouth. Yes. And it has two branches that look like arms. Yes. So you you hit the crest and then you just like slam on the brakes, scream and turn and just pray for the best. Because that tree is going to eat you. It it is. (laughs) Yeah. It's still there too because I've encountered the redneck tree in the last couple of years. I I love that it's called the redneck tree. Well, it looks like it's laughing like somebody from Deliverance at you when you come up upon it. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've never seen the tree. But you come upon it always at dusk, too. It's always at dusk. Oh. I don't know why. Oh, it wasn't at dusk for us. It was full dark. It, it was, was full dark. Dark. Both times for me, it was full dark. Yeah. It, it, it was we, we came upon it at dusk, me and Brittany. And I was and like, oh, my God, it's the redneck tree. I've and come upon it at dusk going the other way. I've seen the it going the other way. It's not, it's not scary. You know it's coming. And yeah, it's, it's, you don't have the mouth looming at you. Yeah. Like, bar, 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 bar. Like you could chomp your face. Yeah, it's a horrible tree. It's an awful tree. It's mean. It's <laughs> like if ants were pissed off. Lawful evil. <laughs> yeah. It's a lawful evil ant. <laughs> you know, it occurs to me that I don't have any memories of staying in Athens. Mm-hmm. But I know that I've driven past it and I know that my mom lived in Athens for a while. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah. Mom lived in Athens. Mom mom worked in Athens for a while when she was working for Kinko's. Um, ah, our competition. That competition. Yeah. Once upon a time, she worked for Kinko's for 17 years, something like that. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, she works for Goodwill at the moment. Cool. Um. But she always said that there's there's definitely something about Athens. Well, there's all kinds of things about Athens. That's when you can feel it coming up on it. You can't see it because it's in the the foothills of the Appalachians. So you're just driving up the highway. And then once you pass Columbus Street, Mm -hmm. you kind of Columbus Road, you go through this cut in the hillway, the hillway in the hill. And then you, as you come down, it kind of opens up and you can see the town. It's really pretty, but you can feel it far. Like No, I know. I know. I've driven yeah. past it a couple of times mm-hmm. um, coming home from, from mom's house, uh, just depending on how the 
Hmm. You'll have to excuse me. I'm on new medication that makes me lose words every now and then. Gotcha. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Um, I'm just old. <laughs> the screaming machine that keeps the maps. GPS? Yes, GPS. Thank you. The screaming machine that keeps the maps. That was a good one. I like that. <laughs> I'll call it that forevermore now. <laughs> I've, I've come up with a few good ones in the last couple of weeks since I started these maps. Um, but no, it, it'll, it'll, it'll take us close to Athens and whatever side of the car it's on, like if we're going cutting below or above, it seems to like almost... It feels almost like a sunburn. Like that's a good way to put it. Like it's it it's not quite like a limb that's fallen asleep. And it's mm-hmm. not quite like a sunburn, but it's it's prickly a bit oh. on whatever on whatever side of the mm-hmm. car Athens is is where that sensation is. Oh, that's like uh, when we passed over into uh, uh, Gettysburg. Gettysburg. And I, I was reading. Sleep. Yeah, she, she was went, asleep next there? to me and I was reading. And I popped my head up and saw the Gettysburg sign because I felt I, this prickly headache. It was like we went yeah, into I, an invisible thick air that just... I hit that when I, I saw the battlefield. I was just like, I, what? I don't, I, I grew up very close to Gettysburg and Antietam both. And nope. I did a living history or historical reenactment for quite a bit of my life from about age eight to about 16. Um, but I, we did French and Indian. We never did civil war, but every time we drove past Gettysburg, I felt so sick. Yeah. So, it- so sick. And I don't get car sick. I can read in the car. I can write in the car. I can watch a movie. I can do whatever. Every time we go past Gettysburg, just, I would get so nauseous. I'd have to have, like, we'd have to pull over and I'd have to have, like, a ginger ale or a Sprite or something. Gettysburg is intense. It makes me ill. I, I don't like going to battle sites. I don't even, I didn't have that experience at the fort and I don't know if that's because it didn't see as much action or if there it's because there was so much time between the battles that it saw right the, there was like which like, fort are you talking about uh Fort Frederick State Park is is the one that uh we did our historical reenactments at um and I mean, we had ghosts there for sure. There are a bunch of ghosts there. The one that scared me so much, so, so much was the Civil War guy that happened after the archaeological dig. Oh, okay. my God. Archaeological dig and Civil War ghosts. This is I awesome was, already. <laughs> I was 10. I was about 10 when the, uh, when the dig itself happened. And, um, like there was, there were a couple of ghosts, and there, you know, the floors creak, and everything's weird because it's a fort and it's been around for like three hundred years. But after they'd put the dirt back, and all of the stuff had been put in the CCC museum, that's just down the hill. I see you smiling. 
because yeah. the Civilian Conservation Corps is one of Kendra's favorite things. I did. I used to work for them. It was fantastic. I <laughs> won it back. <laughs> it's starting to make a comeback, actually. I saw a couple of articles about it. Yeah. Um, but they'd, they'd put all of the dirt back. Everything was level, more level than I think it had ever been in the years that I had been working at the fort as a junior interpreter. Um, and it was like three o'clock in the morning and I had to pee. And I didn't want to use the port john because port john's cold. Yeah. And you never want to use the port john because it also smells. Yeah, it's wearing, cold and gross. It's mm-hmm. cold and gross and you're wearing period garments. And that's a pain in the ass. And right? it's a pain and it's gross. And also there's a flushy just down the hill. The blue juice freezes, by the way. Yes, yes it, it does. does. And it's gross. Yes, it is. So, I, in my infinite wisdom, 10 years old, picked up the maglite, put on my mom's shoes, put on the shawl, open the door, go out onto the porch, click on the maglite, look up, and see a Civil War guy coming from behind the barracks. We don't do Civil War. It wasn't a timeline event. It wasn't even market fair. Which is, these are big events that, you know, sometimes people sell, like, all kinds of stuff. You get reenactors that do multiple timelines. They'll they'll do, like, French and Indian in the summer, and they'll do Civil War in the winter, but sometimes they mix their garb up, and they have, like, oh, here's my jacket. I won't wear it when people can see me. I'll just wear it when it's cold, because it's wool. Yeah. Which makes perfect sense because it's freezing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And this guy goes from around the corner. I'm all the way down at one end of the barracks. He's all the way down at the other end. And he just walks across the parade field diagonal to the other barracks, which is locked. No one's in it. And I... He's got his gun over his shoulder and his hat and lantern. I hear the door click open. See it because he's got his lantern. See the door click close and the lantern light go out. And I went, nope, I don't have to pee that bad. I went back inside, put the mag light down, went back to bed. (laughs) That, Mm. yeah, Yeah. that's, (laughs) did you tell anybody the next day? Uh, no, because I thought that they would think I was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. Yeah. Like, up to that point, I didn't, I don't, like, I'm sure that I talked about ghosts because there were a bunch of kids talking about stuff and we just had an archaeological dig and Halloween stuff was getting ready to happen I think they were talking about doing a ghost walk through the woods. Um, There was also a part of ground that wasn't quite right after the archaeological dig. Because I know that there was uh, a First Nation settlement up up the hill from what is the backside of the fort. Mm -hmm. Um, And we used to do walkthroughs and we would have big events 
held mm-hmm. at the fort um, to the point where like we would build miniature cabins and burn them down twice daily, you oh, know, Lord. stuff like that. And I'm talking very small cabins of plywood and yeah. easily burned stuff like that. I think we did that a couple of times. Um, and you'd walk through the woods and you'd get the storyline thing. It was really cool. And it was supposed to end at the settlement up in the woods. But we never got it finished. Because there was something up with it. I don't know. Okay. I I was like 10 or 11 at the time. So I don't really know if it was just logistically we didn't have the money for it or the people that we were working with didn't want to finish it or whatever. But I remember feeling weird. (laughs) It could have been that there was like a half finished long house. Like right there. Um, Sorry. Um, It could have been that there was like a half finished long house and other various structures. And that pings creepy to a kid. Yeah, no, for sure. But it was very strange. Like we didn't really have. We didn't really have any other half finished structures on the grounds of the park that I could really think of. Like we had the barracks. They they were talking about finishing the governor's mansion when we stopped working there at the park. Um, and it wasn't like, oh, we're going to build like this, this structure, but we're not going to actually fill it in. It's like, no, if we're going to build it, we're going to build it and we're going to like furniture in it and it's going to be really cool yeah so having a half finished longhouse just kind of rotting in the forest was very very strange to me yeah so i don't know that's like workers refused to finish it because it was messed up there yeah like yeah i i I remember the woman who was doing it her name was turtle and i remember that she wasn't first nation but she really wanted to be. Oh, dear. And I remember that one of the people that we worked with, or who occasionally worked with the park, his name was Many Faces Kevin. And he was First Nation. He was cool. He was the first person I ever saw with an actual septum piercing. Nice. Like, I didn't know that you could get that pierced yeah. when I was, like, nine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So now I have my septum pierced. Thanks, Kevin. (laughs) But, um, and he was like, he did not like her at all. He really didn't like Turtle. Yeah, there's a, yeah. So I, 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 I just, I don't know. (laughs) But I have a feeling. Yeah. As we say in the business. Uh, I'm funny. 
I'm not. I'm not as funny as I think I am, but. <laughs> uh, I think you're just fine. Um, what other, you've lived in a lot of really interesting, like, historical places around the States. What other places <laughs> have you lived that are super cool? Other places I have lived. I have lived in St. Augustine, Florida. Which celebrated in 2015 its 500th anniversary of incorporation. Wow, that is where Ponce de in Leon America, landed really in America. In America, that's, that's, that's a very that long is time something for, for America. Um, it's where the Fountain of Youth is. Uh, it's where uh, Ponce de Leon landed. Oh. It's where the original Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum is, which is really cool, but also very creepy. It's also the first place I ever saw Mort safes, which are oh, super yeah. cool. Uh, explain. Okay, Mort safes. And I learned about this because I want to work in the death industry, and people are like, what are those weird things you see on a bunch of old tombs? Are they to keep people that turn into vampires from getting out of their graves? No, they're to keep people from grave robbing. Yes. So yes. when you look, uh, you see them a lot more in Europe, um, but in some of the older cities in America, I think you see them in uh, New Orleans. You see them some in uh, older cities up north and uh, in some of the older cities in Florida, but it looks like a cage. Uh, usually iron, sometimes brass, sometimes copper, um, formed around a crypt or a grave. And that's to keep uh, resurrectionists uh, from getting at the bodies, which used to be sold to uh, medical colleges for anatomy teaching. Yeah, that was a big industry really from like the Middle Ages on. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and gave uh, it to medical uh, colleges. And Burke and Hare. Yep. Uh, who are the, the folks who decided, well, if I can't get, if I can get more money for a fresh body, why don't I just kill people? Um, <laughs> that didn't turn out so well for them or for anybody really. Hmm. But uh, yeah, St. Augustine is very strange. It's unlike some older cities that I've been to, it doesn't feel unwelcoming. There are some places like in the South, especially in the South, I feel like if you drive through Savannah, you almost don't feel welcome or you feel like there's a time limit. <laughs> Laurel, Mississippi is like that. Yeah. Don't stop in Laurel, Mississippi. Just keep going. There are places where there yeah. is definitely a set time frame. You are welcome mm -hmm. here. And I'm, I'm not talking about sundown towns, which is something completely different and also horrifying. Mm -hmm. um, but the, it feels like they will be polite to you for a span of time. And then they will cease to be polite. In St. Augustine, Florida, it's like, come here, stay here. There's pizza. There's beer. There's cool places. 
there's a beach. Just don't leave. I mean, we're like an hour from Orlando and an 45 minutes from Jacksonville, so. Yeah, oh, just stay Florida here. One, one convenient package. <laughs> and you don't have to deal with Miami. Yeah. True. True story. <laughs> I like um, Miami. Even and I'm like, yeah. I, I don't like Miami. Miami. I like too. it because my grandparents live there, so I have it tied in. Like we go to visit the Everglades, and it's cool, yeah. and I get to see alligators, and also are, like bota- crazy botanical parks, and like they get is super awesome. And I almost died in the farmers market they use. <laughs> <laughs> I got a hold of something with, that I was allergic to. Didn't know I was allergic to it until after I'd eaten it. Then I'm like, uh, this is going to go poorly very quickly. <laughs> and I ended up standing in the middle of the aisle, the pharmacy across the street, chugging Benadryl. <laughs> because oh, my life no. depended on it. And I figured if I'm going to die anywhere, I might as well die in a pharmacy. True. But I wasn't with your grandparents at the time. I have don't. I think I've only met them once or twice. But yeah, I was going to say, I don't think yeah, you we were there on uh, other. Yeah, Tesla other would have just pulled out her EpiPen and. Yeah, bless her. She's awesome like that. And then she would have patted you and made you sit down and yeah. gotten you water. <laughs> yeah, it's when the insides of my ears itch that I'm like, yeah. all right, this, this whatever this is means business. Uh, so, anyway. Um. Favorite spots are the. I like the lighthouse on Anastasia Island. That place is really cool. I don't feel there's no malice there. I think some people are like, oh, lighthouses, there's always like loneliness and weirdness there. And I'm like, not, not. I always got a sense of watchfulness. Like there's a a guardian presence. Yeah. Well, at the the one, I will say there is a great deal of sorrow at the the lighthouse in Anastasia Island at St. Augustine. Um, two children passed away there from illness. Aww. So there is sorrow, but yeah. I mean, the kids are still there, and yeah. they certainly like to play games. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing. There's nothing inherently frightening about it. Cool. I don't. I don't feel scared when I'm there. Um. I do feel scared at Castillo de San Marco. I don't like that place. It's one of those places, and I don't know if it's just the way the hours work, or if it's as soon as the sun goes down, we close. But as soon as the sun goes down, at least when I was living there, they pull up the drawbridge after everyone. They shuffle people out and they pull up the drawbridge and no one's allowed in. Explain after. what the place is. Yeah. Castillo de San Marco is a fort uh, on the bay in uh, in St. Augustine. It's built out of coquina, which is a kind of stone that is very spongy and soft when it's uh, in its natural habitat, which is kind of at the bottom of the bay right there. So it's very lightweight initially. 
And, but when you pull it out of its natural habitat and you cut it and you bring it up on dry land and it dries out, it hardens. Okay. Um, and there are places in the wall, the exterior wall of the Castillo that you can see are dented where cannon fire hit it. Not cracked. Yeah. Dented. Like. Dang. That's one of the neatest things about, I'm going to like interject here. One of the neatest things to me about working with historical structures. When I worked for the Civilian Conservation Corps, (laughs) we we would disassemble log cabins and move them. And it was always interesting with the chinking, sometimes you'd find arrowheads. And it's the same thing where you're like, history really, that's right there. <laughs> that is a little chunk of history. It's the same yeah. thing with the dead, where it's like something big happened. And these are right there. From it. Yeah. It's, and it's a beautiful structure. I've, I'd never seen a fort quite like it. Like I've, I've been to a couple of forts up and down the East Coast. Um, I never got to see Fort Niagara, which I've been assured is gorgeous. Um, but as opposed to Fort Frederick, where you have the fort and then the barracks on the inside, the structures for living were built into the walls. Okay. So there's no real buildings. There's just the fort that houses everything. And then, uh, a courtyard. Right. It sounds um, a lot like the Alamo was seemed like that where you had yeah. barracks within the Yeah, um, it's it's the, all built into the walls. See to me, because I'm a I'm a geek, is I'm seeing this as like the dragon riders of Pern, like how they <laughs> all live in the weirs. Like kind it, of. it's built into the forts, the mountain stone, but it's a fort built like that, and it's that's very cool. It makes perfect sense since it's a fort too. Yeah, you don't really want to leave any buildings laying about. No, to have cannon fire that makes it over the walls, especially well, it considering what- its placement, because it is it is directly on the bay. I want to say it's like less than a hundred feet from the bay. Yeah, then you've got to contend with sea cannons, which were a lot more maneuverable and oh for sure back then than horse than land ones as I recall. Yeah, but, and I'm it's right on the river too. Yeah. I mean so there's... you would you would want everybody that could fall back into tough stone and be like, okay, we just sit here, wait for them to quit shelling and then fire back. Yeah, it also is a, is a useful way of having a double-walled fort. Yes. You're just using yes. the air gap. Yeah. And it, it was used uh, not only for military purposes, but also for time. Well, I mean, military, yes, but it also housed the entirety of the colony there at St. Augustine um, during, uh, I think, a couple of plague times and uh, times of illness, uh, a few attacks by First Nations peoples that unfortunately no longer exist thanks to the Spanish. Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it held on to a lot of things. I can see that. It is... Uh, um, 
my way of, of feeling about it. I went there with a, a friend of mine when I was in culinary school, when I was living in Florida, uh, we lived, uh, my grandparents didn't live too far away from it. Garrett and I just wanted to, to get out of the house and do something. So we went down to the Castillo cause I'd never been. And, uh, you park and you walk up and you go across the drawbridge, which is such a surreal sensation, by the way. <laughs> I'd never been across a drawbridge, like a real drawbridge. Like there are those ones on like little kid things sometimes. Yeah. It's like, there's like a foot drop. This is 30, 40 foot drop down. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> And there's the ranger station on one side and on the other side, it it's set up to show you what like a barrack would look like, how the, the beds work, which I was familiar with because I've done historical reenacting before. Right. And then there's a prison cell and I wanted to get a look at the cell because I hadn't seen from the outside any kind of window with right. like bars or anything because that strategically speaking, that would be a weak spot. Yeah. You'd want you to could, fire at that point. Could. Yeah, exactly. I went over to look and it's a dirt floor room, which is terrifying. And there's, it's just a, a locked wooden door with a little bar window on it. No windows to the outside. Dirt right. floor, nothing in it, no cracks in the walls. And suddenly a hot breath of air just whooshes across my face. And I stepped back and I went, oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) And then Garrett looked at me and went, what? And I went, nothing. (laughs) Because Garrett didn't know that I was one of those weird people. Yeah. (laughs) that's not a good time to explain no No. it's really not one of those you can't really explain in in a moment like by the way i see dead people and there's one right here (laughs) i didn't see him but he's breathing on me (laughs) amanda's breath smells horrible oh my god I didn't see, like, I could feel some stuff, residual emotions, panic, fear, uh, adrenaline spikes all over the place, but not, nothing that I haven't felt at some other historical sites that I've been in, but there is one spot that I refuse to go into because I got there and my brain and body both said, uh, no. <laughs> That's your well-developed sense of nope working for you right there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <That's>... There's... <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> nope, not this time. <laughs> Send <Yeah>. somebody else. <laughs> I am not the psychic you're looking for. <laughs> Move along. Yeah, that's that's definitely a, a no. <laughs> yeah. There's an episode of Ghost Adventures that was filmed at the Castillo, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. Um, but historically speaking, 
there was a military person and uh, a higher up military person's wife who went missing. And for a long time, people thought it was a legend because it's like, there's no historical record or there is a historical record, but there's no definitive answer, blah, 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 blah. And during part of uh, a recovery effort after one of the earthquakes that happened in St. Augustine um, several years before I moved there, um, there was some damage to the fort. So they had to go in and check structurally, I believe, to make sure everything was okay because they'd had a little bit of cracking and moving and it, I think had opened up this area or there had been damage in that area and they opened it up and they found bones of people who had been shackled to a wall and cask of amontilladoed. <laughs> oh boy. And one, of them, just wall and one of them was a woman and one of them was a man. And it was like, huh, well, I guess that wasn't an urban legend. <laughs> Oh, no, really, nice. Terrence, do you think? <laughs> yeah, that's... Mm. People are so... Uh, I can't deal with imprisoned alive. Yeah. No. Like, I can't deal I... with that. I can deal with m normal murder. <laughs> that sounds, sounds weird to say, but, like, okay, I can it's handle... Quick it. and it's over. Yeah. But seriously, Casco the... is, like... Yeah, there's there's tooth and once there's people clawing their fingers to the bone. I, to no, out, I know what you mean. Exactly, like I just I can't. I'm, uh, I'm I see it in my head, and and I it's just, get rid of it. And I don't want to go across that ever. I can't. I going into the insane asylum here. Yeah, mm -hmm. because there's yeah. I, carved things into the stone. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. and I. Like you could run your hand over them and just like see flashes of different faces over the. Oh, years. I don't like that. I don't. Yeah, like you that don't. At all. You don't want to come into the ridges. The ridges is. I, I'm. That's advanced I, level. Yeah. <laughs> and my dumb Maybe. teenage self was up in there uh, being like, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go there and do things. Hey, mom, you want to come with me? Uh, no. no. I stated that Thurston College. I'm not dumb. Go. <laughs> and if you must, fine. go ahead, weirdo. <laughs> Take the salt with you, honey. Take the salt. <laughs> well, yeah. I didn't. And there, there are places that I. And I mean, um, again, in St. Augustine is the Ripley's Believe It or Not mm -hmm. building, which is, uh, which was the house of Mr. Ripley for a while. He actually lived there and uh, housed his collection there. Um, and then it was a hotel for a while. And then there was a fire. I imagine staying in that place as a hotel. Right? It does not feel like a place I would want to stay in. I like staying in haunted places, but that place yeah, was not okay. I know. Yeah. It's very weird. And it, mm -hmm. I, it doesn't help that some of the stuff that's in there is very not right. And collected there, stuff that felt wrong and put it in a place that feels wrong. There's like, there are some things that are fine. Like <laughs> the Fiji mermaid is fine. Yeah. 
there's nothing wrong with the Fiji mermaid. The Fiji mermaid's just like hanging uh-huh. out going. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. hanging out going, so hmm. I'm part monkey. And I'm part fish. And there's other no. stuff. What is he like? Fishes? Sorry. And then there's other stuff, like a, a, an unassuming looking pair of lily slippers, which is a terrifying concept, yes, but you don't think anything of it. It's just a few pieces of fabric. Lily slippers being, of course, what they um, put on bound oh, feet in China, where yes. you've had deformed, fully grown adult female feet that were the size of a of toddler's foot. Yeah, essentially yeah. because it and, I mean, was broken and deformed and over ugh. their lifetime yeah. for ugh. for the aesthetic purpose um and i mean not just that there are some other innocuous looking items that are just there is something radiating from them that is just not correct there was a, and there was a brass statue when you walked in when i was there that I was just like, this is not. I know the one that you're talking about, but I can't remember what it's a statue of. Yeah. And I can't remember. Yeah. I don't remember what it was for, but it was just one of those where you're like, "Uh." there's another one. um, One of the pieces that was added kind of recently, I think in the two thousands is um, it's a horse statue. It's not Blucifer, Mm -hmm. uh, the famous Colorado horse that killed Mm -hmm. it. Yes artist which i think someone should talk about but i don't know the whole story other than it's probably haunted oh that the airport there the airport horse their art with their art the art is terrible it is not supposed to be in an airport i don't care what people say but there's this apocalyptic art it's wrong i've been to the denver Airport? airport In the airport, like yes. I, I had to run. I've, I was coming from Las uh, Las Vegas, uh, well, actually Reno, back to Ohio, and I got no. The art's terrifying, and and I had to run from one end of the airport to the other to to maybe catch my flight, which I didn't anyway, so it didn't matter. But I don't think the reason I missed the flight was because I stopped stock still to stare at this apocalyptic war-torn it's very weird it's it's like a mural in four parts or something who wants to look at that before flying (laughs) (laughs) I I, I literally stopped and went oh oh and then I had to run off because I'm gonna die have a nice flight yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> and the, the, the statue, the, the horse is demonic. It's terrifying. That's why they call him Blucifer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the horse at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in St. Augustine is about the same size. Yeah. As, or if it's not, it feels like it's about the same size. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's got that presence to it yeah and there's something wrong with that horse yeah i don't know what it is but there's something wrong with it and it's not in the museum it's not even at the front of the museum with the replica of michelangelo's david or the other cool sculptural stuff 
It is back. It is back far away in the far right-hand corner of the parking lot that no one ever uses. <laughs> it is far away. It is tucked away behind the Donner Party Memorial statue set. Nice. Which is okay. a lovely thing in and of itself. Statue it set. is. Actually, it is. It's, it's an interesting sculpture set. I think there's a picture of it on the website if anyone's curious. Um, <laughs> I... It's the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. Yeah. There's weird stuff there. Yeah. And like, as a recovering Catholic, maybe I see things where there are not things. Like, we're taught to look for signs. Mm -hmm. But also... There's something wrong with that fucking horse. <laughs> forgive my forgive my language. I've been trying once, very hard not will, to swear. Once is okay, I guess. It'll be all I right. Messed up too. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard. I heard. There's, I tried not to give the mom face. I am so sorry, but there is something just not right about that pony. <laughs> I I totally believe you. Um I think uh, it was it's, a, in comparison, York. like from that horse to the Mothman statue. I've put my hand on the Mothman statue's butt. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't touch that horse with a ten foot pole. Right. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's yeah. Totally fair. <laughs> Although the the Mothman statue does have an impressive impressive bootay, as it, it does. Were. I think people make actually, make a lot of comments about that it is a very impressive but i think when we went through this last time when we were coming back from dc all of us got a picture of us touching the butt oh that was a family pictures from the front but okay that's cool. i mean we did that too it was just a family <laughs> bonding experience we've all touched the butt if we're I cursed we're all equally cursed i dig it <laughs> Yeah, Mothman is a favorite around here, so, you yes. know. Point Pleasant tastes like metal. Yes. My my guess is, is it's some industry that's still it, active. It doesn't, it doesn't taste Virginia. like metal to everybody, though. Large parts of West Virginia taste like metal to me. Um, yeah. And part of that is just, you know, I there were plenty of times I was out in the country and people with well water, and there's a lot of iron in it. Yeah. So some parts of my childhood yeah. quite literally taste like metal. Oh, for sure. We had a well when right. I was in high school, but no, like, the air tastes odd. It does. And some of it's the chemical factories, but some of it's just West Virginia, the whole state has that feeling. Yes. It's like Pennsylvania steals time and spits it out in weird places. <laughs> She's not wrong. Yeah. And West Virginia, the mountains are alive and they're sleeping and, and at night they wake up. Yes, and sometimes it tastes weird there. And sometimes it just tastes, the air tastes funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in Harper's Ferry, which I think is in West Virginia, there's a missing building. There's yep. a missing building in Harper's Ferry. 
Okay, uh, that, explain. Yeah, explain that. Okay. I, I haven't heard that. Okay. This is. I was in choir when I was in high school, and we. I was in an acapella group, and we got to do really cool performances that the other kids didn't get to do because we were the super special acapella group. And as you're, you can't really drive a school bus into Harper's Ferry because it's too vertical. Yeah. yeah. Really. Yeah. So you have to stop and walk and walk in your concert dress because there's nowhere to change in the tiny church that's on the top of the hill. <laughs> um, and as you're walking, there's, I'm sure you've seen it. There's a space where there used to be a building. It's yeah. like on the left-hand side. I didn't realize that there wasn't a building there. Ah. I saw the building. Gotcha. I saw the building and I saw the people in the building and I saw the building doing business. I think it might've been a butcher shop or something like that. I saw it. And when we came down the mountain after the show and we passed it, I went, holy crap, what happened to the building? <laughs> and everyone was like, what, what building? building? <laughs> and I'm like, there's a missing building. And everyone's like, no, there was no building there. And I'm like, yes, there was. And oh, they're like, man. no. And I was like, you okay? I don't believe you, but okay. It's cold and I want to get back on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I was just having a mirage. I... Mm. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's Again, when they, people, that, that's when nobody sits kind of, next to you on the bus on the way home. Yeah. You know? People were kind of used to it. Again, weird theater kid. Yeah. I, I was also the person who would like hand people stuff two minutes before they asked for it. And they'd hold on to it for two minutes until they almost asked me for it. And then they'd look into their hand and go, how did you, and I'd go, uh. Yeah. Every time, I, I don't know. <laughs> I still do that. Yeah. My, my Tonks was making cookies the other day and needed a cookie cutter. And I was like, oh, we're going to need a cookie cutter. And Tonks doesn't know where they are. And I went and I found the cookie cutters that were in an obscure place that no one could have possibly known about because we haven't needed them since we unpacked two years ago. And I just went directly to them, got them out, pulled out the size and set it down. And then as Tonks is finishing rolling out the cookies, they're like, I need a How did you do that? <laughs> so. That's funny. Awesome. I it's and we do stuff like that. All all three of us in this house do that. Me and Tonks and Lindsay. I will just. Do you need something? Do you want a drink? <laughs> I'm up. I'm gonna grab this for you and just hand it to you. I was just gonna ask for that. I know. Hmm. Here it is. I don't know how. <laughs> I uh, I think everybody, I think people make psychic friends networks. Like, and you just get on the same wavelength as people. I'm yeah. very lucky that my psychic friends network is actually people that I like. Yeah. 
I don't yes. I don't know that you form the same bond with people you don't like. I'm trying to think if I ever been on a psychic friends network with somebody I didn't like, and I don't think. <laughs> no, I like you, Kendra. <laughs> no, no, she's saying she's more bonds with people she doesn't like. Yeah, and you walk away, you're like, stop talking. To me. Stop. <laughs> Please get out of my brain. Stop. You're the well, last like person on earth. I want having this information. Go away. I think the and this is this is actually a new one. There's a new new thing that's happened to me recently. About two months ago, my partners were having an argument, or they were having a, a very heated discussion, and about things that were bothering them, and it was hedging on argument. And I suddenly started to have panic. Now my partners live almost an hour away from me, and there had been no. Uh, activity online, on Discord, on any of the contact that would indicate that anything was wrong. Right. N nothing. And my brain just went, I need to call them. Mm -hmm. And nothing is going to be okay until I verify that they are okay. And so I got up and I called them. And I was like, are you guys okay? Like, I need to make sure you haven't had, like, a car accident or the house hasn't burned down or something. And they were like, I mean, we're having an argument and things were getting a little tense. But, yeah, we're okay. And I'm like, the my heart unclenched. And I was like, okay, that was it. Okay, well, get over yourselves already, okay? Just knowing that they were, it was them and that it was yeah. just a heated thing that I happened to be connected to made it better. Yeah. 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 And I haven't had anything like that in a, I, I don't think ever. I've, I'm trying to think of a time that wasn't like, immediate blood relations right. that I have had uh, instances like that before. I thought that was new. <laughs> that is new. That, well, not new. I have those, but mostly with, with family. Yeah. Too. That's why it was. Um, although I do, I do, I have started having them with um, my partner. So maybe it's just you form an intense enough bond and it yeah. just starts happening. happening. I think that certainly is part of it when it comes when, when you spend physical time in each other's physical space, you tend to yeah. well, your wavelengths each other's goo. Like register like start resonating, I think. Yeah. Like for all the like woo-woo hippie talk, mm -hmm. I think that there's something to you know, humans are electrical creatures. We all have our own wavelength, I think. It's the fork in the box on the table at MIT. Yeah. yeah. Eventually the atoms will vibrate and the fork will fall through the table. Yeah. 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 I think that's a as good of a an explanation as any. Um, I like that explanation. It's better than the cat in the box explanation. Oh, wow. Schrodinger's cat. I, I remember finding out about that as a child, and I was so incensed that this creature was going to kill a cat. Why? Why does it have to be a cat? Why can't it be a cat? I remember the same... Shut up. 
<laughs> we don't talk about that. I'm not talking anymore. I'm done. We're gonna be <laughs> No, I'm not telling the story. That's okay. Jerk. That wasn't that was a jerk move. <laughs> it's a jerk move. We'll just We're leave it. Cats in boxes. Yes. It is yes. about a cat in a box, but Yes. And me being very trusting. Of a man whose first name is Doctor. <laughs> I was scared. Oh, for heck's sake. <sighs> a cat in a box. It was given birth. And I was kind of freaked out. And it was in my lap in the car. And my husband, I can't believe you're making me tell this story on oh, everybody. Yeah, you, right? That's so, you are going to. <laughs> We're driving along and the cat's really starting to like jump around and the box in my hands is like starting to thump side to side. It's getting pretty ticked off. And a very calm and steady voice from my husband, whose first name is Doctor, says, shake the box. Now, I know that when you have a tiny rodent in a box and you give it a little shake, that it'll stop moving. It didn't register that that was a fight or flight response. It was a little... I was also a little worked up, so my shaking was a bit on the aggressive side. <laughs> <laughs> and I shook the box. And you've never seen an angrier cat than one that's giving birth in a cardboard box in a car. And that has now been shaken really hard. <laughs> so the top of the box flies open. This demon claw comes out and is trying to kill me. I can't blame it. He, of course, thought it was the funniest thing that he's ever seen in his life. So he laughed until he about drove off the road. I'm like, I was mortified. Then I started laughing because I was an idiot. <laughs> that is such a sad story. Thank you. Because <laughs> I know you felt terrible. I and I know the cat felt terrible. I, I, it's not your fault, though. No. I just... <laughs> And it's not the, the cat's fault. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that face is why I giggle. Yeah, I, I, yeah. uh, I shook the crap. Sadly, the listeners don't get the face, but you know, yeah. I know. <laughs> the face is great. Thanks. <laughs> but yeah. <sighs> but yes, I was very offended about, you know, this this physics guy, as I called him as a child. Yeah. It's like why couldn't it have been a rat? <laughs> and then and then my dad said, What, you don't like rats? They're God's creatures too. Because my dad, uh, you know, he was that kind of person. Yeah. And then I felt guilty for wishing, you know, possible death on a rat. So you know, later I, I found out it was just a concept. He didn't tell me. And I I read it myself years later. I went, Why didn't you tell me it was just a thought? It was a thought concept. It wasn't real. Because I liked the look on your face. I wonder how many adults, because I had the same reaction. We, they just have to stop talking because the kid is going, what? why would you do that to a cat? Why would you put a cat in a box? Why are you why killing kill a cat? Why are you killing a cat in a What is happening here? And they're like, oh, crap. And they just walk away slowly. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> my child is now having a crisis of I feel like the only sensible way out of that, though, is to, like, explain. Because otherwise, you're just going to leave the kid assuming that there's a cat in a box with cyanide somewhere. You know what? I think 
I think every kid just shuts off as soon as there's a dead cat, a dead or alive cat in a box. I think after that, an adult could do all the talking in the world, but you're That's still true. horrified. I'm trying to remember when I learned about Schrodinger's cat, and I also went, "What? Uh, why is there a dead cat that's not dead in a box? Why are you poisoning cats?" Why don't you bury the cat? But yeah, I was, I was all ready to call the ASPCA. I was right. I was mad. Yeah. I, I think Uncle I learned was, about it just in time to go cool zombie cat, <laughs> and that was I was like, so it's undead, and it was Uncle Wayne who explained it to me. So he was like, okay, the cat's not really getting poisoned with cyanide. I'm like, okay, but undead cat, and he's like, not undead cat. I'm like, well, but if the cat's undead neither cat. alive nor dead, then the cat's like either undead or like magic and he's like no no it's physics it's 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 a thought it's an uncertainty it's explaining the uncertainty principle sort of i understood that better when he explained that you can't stare at an atom and not mess up where the atom is yeah that i understood better than because i got hung up on possibly undead cats and right you change, you change a thing by observing it. Right. By looking at it, you change it. Exactly. See, that's, that, that makes more sense to me. To I get hung up on the undead cat. Right? Why would you do that to a kitten? Of course, why did you shake a box will affect a cat and kittens? <laughs> well, why, why make dogs salivate? Because your husband is a doctor and, and he's just trustworthy. And then yes, suddenly, he's also your husband. So <laughs> true. <laughs> he's his only. He's just a little bit of Loki. <laughs> yeah, but, whoever yeah. said that he's not is mm-hmm. is yeah. very incorrect. Yeah. He brought the Norwegian into this. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, do we have? anything else now that we've gone so far afield that, <laughs> that, that we have you know shown up in physics physics is just magic we understand and can I, explain yeah. magic is physics we cannot put on paper yet that's true i agree with that mostly actually yep. is, mostly because i don't understand physics any more than i understand magic Exactly. So I just kind of go, six of one, half dozen of the other. I I got physics is magic and magic is physics when I was a kid. The Chronicles of Crestomancy by Diana Wynne-Jones help with that when you're a kid. Um, Which I realize now, looking back, mom, all my young adult fiction, that you were like, yes, you can buy this. Here, let me buy this for you. Of course. (laughs) I'm like... Parallel world theory, basic physics, hmm. magic, yeah, sneaking the, sneaking yeah, mom, the Mothman prophecies, you know, because yeah, that was yeah. I didn't want you to sleep ever again. That was not sneaking. Well, the Mothman prophecies is excellent. I absolutely love that. I I actually listened to it on tape, and the gentleman who narrates it um, sounds like a very young John Keel. Yes, so cool. It is. Nice. It is very cool. He he would be really good reading um, uh, film noir type fiction, detective. Ooh, he fiction. would. He really he would. would. I really enjoyed him very much. 
Um, but as for any more experiences, nothing I can think of at the moment. Although I'm sure that I can think of more as soon for as another we... conversation another time. Yeah. As soon as we stop recording, we'll think of 15 of, of them. And course. Ah! Yeah. Why didn't I think of that? I mean, it just bodes for another return. Right? There you yeah. go. Well, you know, we have to do some some shows about witchy stuff because mm -hmm. that, sure. that is part of our our Balawickas, I suppose. Yeah. We have a Balawick? Yeah, we do. I don't know oh. what it is, but yeah. yeah, I don't either. I just kind of roam about and meander and you know, find things that are interesting and sit distracted. There's an echo. There was because my headphones got disconnected. Oh, gotcha. That's all right. Well, thank you for being with us. It was so nice to see you. It is good Yay! to see you. It's good to <laughs> meet you after hearing about you. And yep. we will have you back. And excellent. Thank you for hanging out. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm glad to be here. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal, you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com. We promise to even answer you, and we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you. Until next time, keep your eyes on the skies. All across your doorstep. And don't make eye contact with the haunted doll. Because if you make eye contact, it becomes your responsibility. And then you have to kill it with fire.